0: Listening to the Apollo Podcast Network.
1: One. Alright. I think one might be smaller than the other.
0: One might be smaller than the other? It's something like that. I think that's what's going on here. Um, all right, three, two, one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, Episode Seven. This is a One Take Down review of one of our favorite movies of all time. I think on the podcast as a whole, crazy, comma stupid, comma love. Period. This movie is fantastic. That's what I'll start with. Anyway, uh, I was it was it was del- it was a delight rewatching this for the you know sixty or so time nice nice so uh dex jake
2: welcome back what do we think about this movie uh it is like top three of my favorite rom-coms of all time like i recognize that it is kind of problematic in a lot of parts but Mm -hmm. it's also one of those movies that No matter where I am in the day, like if I'm flipping through channels and it's on HBO or TNT or wherever, I will stop and watch it because I love it so much.
1: I was telling Jake before we came on, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top five. Every time I give a top five, it's my rainy day movie. Like it's raining outside, not leaving the house. I don't have anything to do. Putting on the crazy, stupid love DVD. I love this movie. Have ever since the first time I watched it. I love watching people see it for the first time and kind of put it all together. So it's, it's my favorite, one of my favorite movies.
2: I will say, also, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say also one of the best twists in movie history. Sorry.
0: Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit, actually probably more towards the end. So if you're looking forward to that, skip ahead. That gives us a better uh, algorithm anyway. So this, um, this movie, it, I, like I said, it's just a delight. I was watching this and laughing out loud. still and i think i literally i think i've seen this like 10 times which you can't really say for all movies so if you haven't seen crazy stupid love it, it is on hbo right now so go log on to hbo uh you can stream this for the low low price of whatever hbo go is like 14 bucks which is kind of ridiculous but um so this is what crazy stupid love is about Made in 2011, uh, it is a PG-13 comedy. A middle-aged husband, husband's life changes dramatically when his wife asks for him for a divorce. He seeks to rediscover his manhood with the help of a newfound friend, Jacob, learning to pick up girls at bars. Pretty straightforward. It was uh, directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Ricois. And it was written by Dan Fogelman, who has gone on to write several more movies. It was only nominated for one Golden Globe, um, which was your boy, Ryan Gosling, which, you know, pretty deserve it if we're doing the whole, you know, comedy musical thing. And it was pretty successful at the box office, not as successful as it probably should have been on a 50,000, $50 million budget. Rather, it grossed one hundred and forty five million worldwide 84 in the u.s so it made its budget back and then some so overall grade if you had to give this grade i know you said it's your favorite romcom type type uh top five would you say dex this is like an a plus for you
1: yeah super a plus it's the highest grade you could possibly get from me
2: jake what about you oh no totally agree it is an a plus all around perfect one hundred. (laughs) <laughs> upon
0: rewatch i'm gonna i'm gonna just go back and think that retroactively i think i give this a 95 so like an a but if you had to if you watch this for the first time this is an a plus so for the fact that it it for me still with stay after like 10 rewatches is still an a is incredible to me i i This is a very 2010s movie.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Let's just get that out of the way. This is the most 2010s movie I think I've seen in a long time. This is a really incredible time capsule um, of the era. Including the music choices, style, uh, haircut, things like that. Mm -hmm. But... And we can have this discussion way later on. This falls within at least the top five movies, top five romantic comedies of that decade. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to get into it later. I have one that I personally rank just slightly higher, but this is like tied for first or like the closest second possible.
0: I know Dex is thinking, y'all are crazy. This is number
1: one. (laughs) I'm struggling to think of what would be in that, like, would even be close. But we can get into that later. I want to be surprised.
0: Okay. Uh, Let's go down the categories. Of course, we will rank um, overrated, underrated, or properly rated, or just rated. For those of you who are at home, we've done two of these now. Uh, So hopefully we don't completely tear this film down to a point where you won't want to watch it. Because like I said, if you haven't watched this, what are you doing? Get on it. Buy HBO just for this. Um, The opening sequence. Guys, what do you think? Overrated, underrated, properly rated? Because we see the opening sequence. They're obviously a longtime married couple at a restaurant that's too nice. They're all wearing, like, baggy clothes. He's, like, wearing his sneakers with his khakis. <laughs> the 407s. The 407s. And then, you know, she goes, I wanted the, the the great joke of what dessert do we want? Three, two, one, creme brew, I want a divorce. <laughs> so that's, this movie starts out with a bang. What do we think? And then, and then of course, he jumps out of a car. But um, what do we think of this opening? I think it really establishes where we're going with this film right away obviously
2: uh, I I love it um, obviously like when we talk about the film or as we've been talking about the film for like the last decade that opening sequence of I Want a Divorce is probably like one of the top five quoted lines just because it is so jarring because we started out with like showing this romantic moment of like people's feet, which is a weird thing to start a movie with, but like it's showing romance. It's a nice restaurant. And then you just see like this most like depressed and defeated couple of 25 years, just at date night because they have to, and then going straight into a divorce. It's fantastic. And then of course we get the car scene where Julianne Moore is desperately trying to, um, reason why she wants the divorce and then obviously brings up David and which forces Steve Carell to jump out of the car, which is the second best jumping out of a car scene behind Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, no, it's all good. I will extend the opening sequence just a little bit because then we go into the house and we meet Annalise and and Robbie and I forgot what that kid's name is, but that really does set the tone because Steve Carell says, we're getting a divorce. And then immediately Robbie's like, you guys are getting a divorce, which sets up the whole dynamic between the whole family, which is mm-hmm. great. Quentin Tarantino's all...
0: school of uh,
2: opening shots. <laughs> for, for sure. Like it's, we told the whole film in like the first 10 minutes. It's great. Um, I'm going to go with a, a little underrated. Like it's quotable, but I think as just like a story element, it's fantastic.
0: It's not really what you remember from the movie, like after leaving, you know, the watch party, but it's really funny opening. He just literally jumps out of the car. Dax, what did you think about the opening?
1: I also think it's underrated. And I think it is one of those things that you remember because how can you forget Steve Carell literally jumping out of the car? Like, Mm -hmm. Just classic scene. It's one of those, like, you expect a romantic comedy and you're immediately hit with so much sadness. It's like Steve Carell jumping out of the car to stop talking to his wife about the divorce is like the first, like, relief Mm -hmm. and i think they played that perfectly the tone is set tremendously from the beginning
0: i gotta go with underrated with y'all as well because it is just such a funny opening it's like he just stop talking please stop talking i'm gonna get out of the car if you stop if you won't stop talking (laughs) and then you know it's funny because he goes uh he goes i'm sorry you uh i'm sorry about you learning about this like that to Robbie's I, I'm sorry that you had to learn about it this way is, I'm sorry you jumped out of a car just, <laughs> just a couple of funny lines there's a there's a few throwaway lines in here that are actually very very funny upon rewatch that uh, you should catch up on um, moving into the Steve Carell character because we have talked about him you know for a little bit already what do we think about him and his transition through the opening and through the growth of this movie I'll just go ahead and say I think his character's you know, properly rated in this, I think he plays, he plays the Steve, uh, Steve Carell character that we had known up until then, uh, from his previous roles, like it was a sort of middle-aged guy, but it was the best version probably of that Steve Carell character there. This was before he started being like a very interesting, like, different sort of actor and, and an academy award seeker and things like that where we thought oh steve carell can actually act but he had played this dad role so well but this is the best version of that i feel like
1: i've never been a big office guy so i didn't really have a relationship with steve carell at any point before or after seeing this really but um i just think his his character in this is just Flawless. Just everything is consistent or even the things that aren't consistent, it's like it makes sense. It feels realistic. Um, you know, when he like starts to explode, it makes sense why he would do that. Uh, you know, him being a loser and falling into, you know, abusing alcohol and things like that. It makes total sense. Um, and it all feels, you know, like a real person, like you can think of somebody in your life who is like him. And uh, I think those are the best movie characters, people that you can kind of see in your own life.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, at um, the beginning, especially uh, when he meets Ryan Gosling and he's he's going through the whole like pre-transformation scene and he's learning how to pick up um, uh, women at the bar, he's very much tapping into his character Michael from The Office. Uh, there's one specific scene, like. It's like the first time he tries to pick up a girl with Ryan Gosling and he keeps on just saying these terrible one liners and then immediately gives his like Michael Scott face, Uh, which is I was like, oh, all right, that's an interesting choice. But he as he goes and matures, there's like an entire um, sort of quick sequence showing him like picking up various women from the bar and he goes from this, you know, stupid. 40 some odd year old man who's given up on life to somebody who's actually interesting and cool and like i think it's a very relatable thing to suddenly find a new um way of going through life and like kind of a new and exciting i don't know what the word i'm trying to look for is but like his growth is really yeah (laughs) yeah too um his growth is like it's very relatable it's not outlandish movie style where he goes from like nothing to having a rock hard six pack like his transition is very normal it is what a guy with expendable income would probably do with proper guidance
0: yeah and there's a few of those quips of those michael scott isms that i think he may have still been doing um the office at this point or like just wrapping up the office like this was at the tail end Mm -hmm. of uh of the office so there's still a little like character like there's still a little like rollover you know into into this character and he had done things like if we pull up his imdb he had done things where he was just starting to get rolling like into the steve carell that we know now is like pre uh despicable me steve carell where he was starting to make big money and yeah. um you know he had done things like get smart and and date night actually i'm sorry Dis- despicable me was right before this so he had done things like dinner for schmucks and despicable me and so like this was about to be peak steve carell but there's still a little bit of like the office holdover in this where when he meets the woman who ends up being the teacher in the bar he does something like uh my brother and i were laughing at this when she tells him that she's an alcoholic he's like he's like he's like no he's like can i get you anything he's like no never come back ever <laughs>
2: just like couple, yeah it's,
0: just a couple of the, those quips that are in there from like early ish steve carell
2: yeah it's that's a that that whole sequence of him um attempting to pick up uh i can't think of the actress's name for the life of me right now Marisa Tome. Marisa Tome. Yeah, as he's picking up Marissa Tomei, that whole sequence of him trying to be cool and then just falling apart is so good. Also, why is Marissa Tomei in the bar?
0: If she's a, if she's an outcast, <laughs> yeah, hey, she she knows her limitations. She's not at the bar.
1: She knows her, <laughs> she's she's just,
2: drinking her water, looking hot,
1: pre, pretender. You know, to yeah. so it, guys?
2: It's a high place. It's selling champagne. That's ends up being 800 at one point in time so maybe they have great food too. i wanted
1: to
0: talk about that i mentioned that and i wrote that down specifically because one is this the coolest bar ever that you would never get into and two eight hundred and thirty seven dollars for a tab or excuse the mm-hmm. hell out of me
2: no <laughs> ryan gosselin the- get back here and pay for this shit man I mean, I we do go into his office, but I don't think we're really get any idea of what Steve Carell does. But even if he was making it hand over, well, I mean, we see the house, so clearly they're doing well. But um, or maybe Julianne Moore is the breadwinner. I'm not sure. But even if I was handed a bill and I was doing, I was very wealthy. I was handed a bill for $800. So I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Why? Why? i And dispute. he gets the bill. It just looks defeated. He's like, all right, that's fine. After he paid like ten grand and clothes. No thanks. He's
1: got a really high credit limit cuz they were running yeah. it up at He's that. Got the
0: Amex black. <laughs> yeah. He... I mean, this is definitely a guy that has not spent anything on himself since, you know, Y2K. Like he hasn't <laughs> like For sure. He hasn't spent anything. He definitely like bought a new personal computer at Y2K and was like, "I I think I'm good here." Because his yeah. outfit is still like 2005. Which was a great job by whoever was making this movie, because it's like he's got like the lawn polo on the the four oh sevens, the <laughs> you know the khaki pant, the baggy khaki pant. None of his clothes fit in the early going of this movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He's like the American stereotype of like what other countries think about us, like how we dress, of
0: suburban yeah. white dad. For sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but he must have great credit because uh or great uh income especially if they he lets his boss roast him out loud like he does when he's like oh you're just getting a divorce we thought it was cancer yeah. very I, still very funny
1: Yeah, i quote that scene all the time that yes, we thought it was cancer like, oh, whenever i see somebody like sad for no reason like i find out like they're sad about some random bullshit like we thought it was cancer holy <laughs> shit <laughs> oh thank god is what he said. <laughs> he's just getting a divorce <laughs> it's just a divorce shout out to that guy because i don't i don't know he's... what his name is but he's also in fraser which is one of my favorite tv shows ever and the only two things i know him for are fraser and crazy stupid love so in in my eyes he's batting a thousand like he is <laughs> The greatest supporting actor of all time.
0: He's literally not in the rest of the movie. He just comes in to roast Steve Carell <laughs> yeah. and just be like, oh, yeah. thank God. And Steve Carell goes, it's just my relationship. Like Wednesdays.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ. Dan Butler is his name. Dan, Shout Butler. Out
1: to Dan Butler, who can do no wrong. Do no a wrong.
0: Thousand. Um, so moving on, I guess, to 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 Ryan Gosling. I don't know if I had... Oh, this is my final thing on Steve Carell. He makes a gay joke, a cuck joke, and an AIDS <laughs> joke in this movie. And I laughed at all three.
1: <laughs> Still oh, funny what to this day.
2: I. That's like... If Dex is quoting the cancel line, I will say I've been cucked by David Lin Hogg every once in a while. Just like if I'm sitting at my desk having a bad day and someone's like, dude, what's going on? I'm like, I got cucked. I got caught by David Linhogg. <laughs> He's like, do you know what a cuckold
0: is? I'm a cuckold. I'm a cuckold. And I'm like, Jesus.
1: David Linhogg and cuckold me. <laughs> also,
2: way I mean, ahead of his a- time, actually, as far as jokes go. <laughs> I mean, as a married man who I hope and pray to God, I never get divorced. But like maybe my first move probably would like move out, get an apartment and then go to a bar and just drink it away. I don't think my first move is just going to start yelling to anybody who will listen to me like, Hey, by the way, I'm getting a divorce. Let's talk about this. But you haven't been married since you were 17. So
0: that's fair. You know, (laughs) that is fair.
1: Very fair. But (laughs) one second before we move on, I just want to say. David Lindhagen is the perfect name for the the cheating guy in this movie. Because mm-hmm. you just say it and it's like, fucking David Lindhagen. David like, you know, his Lindhagen. Name, was, name was like Joe Webb or something like that. It's like, that doesn't work as well. But David Lindhagen, that <laughs> it, just sounds like a douchebag. It's you so, hate
2: that name.
0: It's so perfect of a name that it definitely was like one of the writers was like way long ago where nobody would remember. That's definitely somebody's like real name. Like they went to the theater <laughs> to watch this and they were like, what the f- like
2: <laughs> oh i'm like i'm sure it's from real life like i'm sure one of the, like the writers was like bullied in high school by lynn Hogg, and he's like Haha, now i'm getting my revenge exactly david lynn Hogan.
0: oh my god shout out kevin bacon because he he has limited time in this movie and he is on a heater in it. and he just like doesn't have much to do but like and we don't he really maximizes have, everything yeah he maximizes it like because like he's not and uh okay real quick before we move on to ryan gosling overrated underrated uh properly rated for um uh david linhog kevin bacon coming out of nowhere in this like because you were not expecting kevin bacon you know what i mean
2: yeah underrated kevin bacon yeah, yeah i go underrated right Uh, I'm going underrated only because, and I just noticed this on like a watch through a month or so ago, his storyline perfectly parallels Robbie down to like the first time we meet David Lindhagen, he walks up to Julianne Moore and like immediately starts begging her to be with him. Hmm. I was like, oh, I just saw this a second ago with Robbie. All right. I see what we're doing here.
0: So it means later on Robbie is a marriage ruiner.
2: I mean probably nah, yeah probably
0: <laughs> we'll get into that here in a second as well um moving on from david lindhagen david lindhagen to uh ryan gosling and i just <laughs> i just wrote down in my notes ryan gosling's so goddamn cool he
1: he's the coolest.
0: like he's it, like it, he is so okay i wanted to say properly rated for ryan gosling's character but i gotta go underrated because like he is the draw for this movie, right? Regardless of like Steve Carell's character and how like funny and 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 willing and game he is in this movie, and just like how you care about you actually care about Steve Carell's character, the draw is Ryan Gosling, right?
1: Yep, and I've never seen a Ryan Gosling movie where he was not the draw. He is the star wherever he shows up.
2: Yeah, I mean, when you if you were to look up like gifs of this movie on giphy it's all ryan gosling or Mm. steve carell jumping out of a car plus like the most famous ryan gosling line is when he takes off his shirt and emma stone goes you're a painting no
0: it (laughs) looks like you're photoshopped
2: oh that's what it is whatever but like (laughs) yeah it is his it is 100 percent his film and this is i know we said it for la la land but like i don't think ryan gosling was really given a script i think they were just like you know what just be yourself and i think this is exactly who ryan gosling is as a person
0: there are a few moments in this movie where it's definitely like some banter or just literally like it almost feels like they turn the camera on and we're like steve carell and ryan gosling just talk like especially when they're describing their sexual experiences to each other and they're both laughing like i was like that's a genuine moment
2: yeah um i know exactly what you're talking about like and uh it it definitely feels like it was either improv or it was just like hey just your guy's loosely talking about all the women you just took home but it really does feel like a moment between two actors are like yeah i've been yeah i've been there too man yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah
1: dex talks on yeah
0: Yeah, go ahead thoughts on ryan Gosling, the
1: Gos god the mall like montage scene just Ryan Gosling is cooking that entire time, just oh. incredible. Just, <laughs> would you have sex with him? Yeah, like that yeah. whole scene, just fire. Everything Ryan Gosling says when they're in the sauna and Ryan Gosling got his dick out like in Steve Carell's face, like you, you got a problem with my Schwans? You should my shawns in your face for twenty minutes, like you should be uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you. I realized that like, I would hate this person had I actually known them. Mm-hmm. But watching him on screen, you're like, he's right. Everything he does is so cool. He can't yeah. miss. He don't I've miss.
2: i to do handstand push-ups for like the last 10 years just because of them.
0: <laughs> Dear Lord. I mean, like I wrote down like he is the, like he's the most confident person. But like knowing that you're a douchebag or knowing that you're the most confident person is incredible. Like having that self-awareness is actually really cool. Like, like I don't imagine he's actually like this in real life. Why not? Let's imagine that he is, but like, imagine like him being self-aware and knowing like that. He is Ryan Gosling. Dangerous. Yeah. Coming out feeling dangerous today. That's Ryan Gosling. Every time he wakes up in the morning and that's what he kind of personified in this movie. Uh, I wanted to ask you, a couple of questions about uh Ryan Gosling. Um what's
2: his job? I don't know, but he has the best house in Ventura, drives a Mercedes, like, and doesn't need to actually go into the office. He's gotta be like some sort of C suite and like a tech
1: startup. Dex you has have like to get. eight thousand dollar massage chair that he doesn't Just use. Just sitting in the garage. <laughs> just for the bitches, you know. He's uh-huh. literally
0: at that bar every day in a in a like an Armani suit like drinking yeah. old fashions that are definitely $25
2: like a pop. I mean, I know we're giving Steve Carell the $800 bill, but eventually Ryan Gosling's probably got to pay a couple of those. So mm-hmm. he's he's got to be somebody high up in something that's just making a shit ton of money right off the bat. Exactly. And uh <laughs> I wanted to say this: um,
0: Ryan Gosling's a Canadian man who has basically been raised in California. Why does he have a Queens accent?
1: I don't know. That's actually a good question. Doesn't matter. It's Ryan Gosling,
0: exactly. Like yeah, I mean, but this movie's like I think based in California, but it's just it's always been funny to me. Yeah. It's like, why do you talk like that? All right, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, I wanted to say about Ryan Gosling also too, and I wrote down. Uh, this was the character that Ryan Gosling was naturally born to play because I feel like this is kind of just like this in the La La Land character, aside from the jazz are pretty much like, I feel like who he is kind of, uh, I know he's being really eccentric and more flamboyant and outgoing than he is, especially in interviews if you've watched it with him. But, um, He's just, like, the handsome... Definitely the handsome, perfect amount of facial hair. Like, confident. Mm -hmm. Exudes confidence on the screen. How he didn't get typecast in this role, especially because he hadn't done, like, too many successful things before this. How he didn't get typecast in this role after this is beyond me. Do y'all have any thoughts on that?
2: Where did he go after this? Uh, Oh, is this... Right after, did he start going in like The Only God Forgives, Weird Bits, Place Beyond the Pine? Yeah, he started yeah. doing all
0: these really like indie films.
2: Yeah, I mean, he did the Ides of March, which was terrible. Uh, yeah, so I think instead of being tie-casted, I think he used that because he was also coming off of Drive and... Well, I mean, his crazy stupid love is padded with some weird things like Lars and the real girl and blue valentine then right after is place beyond the pines and Mm -hmm. then only god forgives i think again like what we were saying about mcconaughey i think he hits one of those like home runs that pays all the bills and then he just gets to do the projects that he wants to do but unlike mcconaughey like those projects that he wants to do are really good i think he prevents himself from being typecasted
0: that's actually pretty true he's he hasn't been in a really really like shit movie in a long long time I mean song to song didn't get any like buzz or whatever but that was Terrence Malick just throwing shit on against the wall but like whatever yeah
1: yeah it's kind of wild that like Ryan Gosling is definitely a movie star mm-hmm. but he doesn't do a whole lot of movie star movies like Crazy Stupid Love is like a very movie star performance mm-hmm. but it's not like a huge box office kind of thing or anything like that like Because all the McConaughey's or Tom Cruise's or Leo's, they all have their, like, really big budget, like, big box office hits or whatever, and they're movie stars, but Gosling is still kind of on that level of fame, just not with that level of box office success, which is kind of wild.
2: Yeah, like, his first real big blockbuster was
0: Blade Runner. And it didn't even make its money back. And that's not his fault, but
2: true. No, no i mean and he's okay at it but the movie was also just falling apart because of lack of real story more than anything it like
0: and yeah he like you said he's never really been in it like remember the titans maybe was a blockbuster but that's not like his movie (laughs) he was also terrible coverage cornerback in that let's let us not (laughs) let us not forget um. Yeah. I mean. So he's he does these weird sort of interesting roles, but he's never he never takes huge swings where you know it's just like I don't. He's not in a Michael Bay movie. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. Like the alternate version of Ryan Gosling is Ryan Reynolds.
1: It, yep.
2: Yep. Exactly. That's actually, yeah. That's that's a really good comparison. Yeah
0: super handsome guy can act pretty well. I mean, I think Ryan Gosling's a better actor than Ryan Reynolds, but Ryan Reynolds is what he is. He's a marketable star. Is, I mean, that's what, it, that that's probably the best comparison of it. I'm, I'm going to tap pat myself on the back. That was actually very you cool. Yeah. That. That's a good one. Yeah. Cool, fire.
1: Hashtag one take. <laughs> one take. Hashtag one take. Um, Done.
0: So I'm just, yeah, I'm just really surprised that, that Ryan Gosling avoided being typecast in this role. Cause he very well could have. He very well could have this and the Notebook. He very well could have been typecast in this role, yeah. a la like Channing Tatum for a while, as well. Yeah. Um, what do we think about Emma Stone uh, in this movie? The first of many, is this the first of many Emma Stone Ryan Gosling
1: classics? Uh, it might have been. First. I,
0: I tell you what, I think it is because after it is Gangster Squad in 2013. So. Starting, starting yeah. off strong, man, and then straight to Lala Land. And Emma Stone yeah. and Ryan Gosling banger. What do we think about Emma Stone's prefer- per-
2: yeah, performance in this? Jake, go ahead. She's okay. Uh, I rated probably or maybe slightly overrated. Uh, she's done. She's good. Set decoration is really what she is. Like it, uh, she doesn't have a whole lot to do, other than dumping Josh Groban. But then she kind of only exists after that, just to be the twist that she was their youngest daughter. She's the oldest daughter. Right. Dex,
1: I I thought all of her scenes were entertaining, mm-hmm. but I don't think like she wasn't doing any like super amazing acting or anything like that. She was just, you know, kind of doing her part of the script, and that was good. And it's fine. Um, I'd call her properly rated. I don't think she was like bad. She never. Obviously, she never takes away from the movie at any point, but I don't think she, like, adds much to it either. I think you could replace her with tons of other actresses, and it would be the same movie and be just as great. Uh, But, yeah, I'm really glad that this kicked off the Emma Stone-Ryan Gosling cinematic universe gave Game of All Land. So
0: It is its own cinematic universe at this point. Three or four movies at this point, I think, where you have maybe a trilogy, actually right now yep. but, yeah. Uh, yeah we do have a trilogy so hopefully we get a uh, series of films and they just come out with a box set that we can all watch together but the um, I think she's properly rated in this I she I thought she was very funny especially in some scenes of, like the the fuck it looks like your Photoshop line is incredible because yeah. every every woman watching that is definitely like yeah and, yeah. and like and she he goes this is a kind of a throwaway line that nobody remembers. He, because after she drops the f bomb and goes, it looks like you're photoshopped. She's he goes, all right, now I'll take off your dress. And she goes, not uh, not with all that going on. Like that's <laughs> that's a very good sort of like relatable line. She's very relatable in this. I do think they kind of needed someone that looks a little like Julianne Moore.
1: Yeah, true.
2: Yeah, <laughs> just
0: to play redhead. Get yeah. somebody in
1: there. We're not it. enough that you're like oh yeah they're definitely mother and daughter like mm-hmm. watching it yeah. yeah. but when it comes out that they are it's like oh yeah that makes sense
0: yeah you uh, like, alright this is a very male centric romantic comedy oh, yeah. like that yeah like this is like just gotta say it like this is a very like written by two by two men you know so like or no written by a man but like it's and I think directed by two men so like it's a very male centric uh, romantic comedy, as where she was in a year before this, EZA, which is her whole vehicle. So, like, she's had she had a run before this, and this was she was starting on the come up. So,
2: I think she's probably to do a takedown of EZA.
0: Ooh, man, I haven't seen that movie in a
2: minute. Um Yeah. Shout out to my friend Brad, but he pointed out that it's it's a little rough. And now that I've sat and, like thought about it, it's a little rough.
0: Nominated for a Golden Globe for that movie.
2: Um, the only thing I will say about Emma Stone that I have left is almost every scene that she's in, she's being carried by somebody else. And like the person that's doing the heaviest lifting is her best friend, Liz, who's played by uh, Liza Lepre. Uh, She's great. Fantastic. Like that whole uh, back and forth when we first meet Ryan Gosling and he meets Emma Stone. It's like the chemistry between... Um, Liz and Gosling is so much better than whatever's going on between him and Emma Stone. I was like, just get, go with her. She's better. <laughs> yeah,
0: true. She, she she talks to him and she just immediately is like, I love you. I
2: love you. <laughs> that like and
0: Patrick Star, I love you.
2: I kind of want to talk about that scene just because we, it sets us up for Ryan Gosling, and he's very witty and he's fun. He's also super desperate. He begs to go Bright home tell, with Emma sir. Stone. He begs to go home with Emma Stone like four times and she's like, "No. No, I'm good. Thank you though." No. No. And he's like, "No, no, no, no. Come on. Just be with me." Like it's very weird. Even though okay. for the rest of the
1: <laughs> when you know, you know.
2: You I know, knew. but like every the, for the rest of the film like he can look at a woman and she'll just be like, "Yes," but Emma Stone's like, "No." And he's like, "No, I desperately need to be with you now."
0: But isn't that sort of like the dumb point yeah. of, uh, like, yeah. that's the minimal, that's the bare plot line we have here where he's just like, he can't have this girl, so I'll, you know.
2: Yeah, she's the she's the one that changes him. It's just, it's a weird introduction. Had we, like, met Ryan Gosling going through, like, a small montage of taking home, like, three or four women and then introduced him to being like, I desperately need Emma Snow nobody else matches up, it would make a little bit more sense in my head.
0: Yeah, I guess. I I just I just think it's just like the bare minimum story that we need to be like that oh, makes for sense. Sure. I love like, this.
2: This is me just trying to approve what doesn't really need to be approved on. Exactly. Um uh,
1: my favorite Emma Stone scene was when she breaks up with Josh Groban and chugs the gin. And it's just like holy shit, there's gin just
2: keeps going <laughs> down the line. <laughs> yeah. Is that, just
1: is
0: that gin? That's oh. Oh it's awful. <laughs> That that was, I wrote down. Uh, this is all I had to say about Josh Groban. I just put Josh Groban
2: citing. Yeah, he's so weird, and it's a weird commentary on lawyers or something, because he's. I guess he's like supposed to be like a frat boy lawyer, but like all of his friends match him, and they all drink sodas out of a straw. It's a weird scene when we're first introduced to him. Uh, josh groban
0: though for that role was that like josh groban like for a oh, into his into his film career is that what he was trying to like he just like, <laughs> i want to be in movies is like give me this throwaway character in this mo- i like we know you're josh groban
1: i feel like the side characters in this movie though like you got some great names here you got kevin bacon you got marissa tomei you got josh groban right like, This is a strong roster of supporting supporting characters.
0: Academy Award winner Marissa Tomei. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: This is Marissa Tomei.
0: Oh my god. Like, you know, just like multiple Academy Award nominee Academy Award winner Marissa Tomei has like fifteen lines in this
1: movie. (laughs) And she maximizes them all. She
2: she is chewing that scenery during that whole time.
0: That incredible scene between her and Julianne Moore and Steve Carell is just...
2: Oh, the para-teacher? Yeah. Oh, it's chef's kiss
0: good. Asshole. It's, it's just chef's kiss good. Where it is, like, she has an alcohol problem. <laughs> that was... I, I, oh, my God. she's She is like... She's on a heater in this. I will say Marissa Tomei Good for you. You you probably besides Ryan Gosling, you may have won, uh, won this won this one take down.
2: Uh, One take. Oh, everybody in this film is like almost pitching a perfect game. Yeah. Like even Emma Stone probably like went point seven five or something.
1: Well, I will say Stone made no mistakes.
2: Right. She didn't make it. She didn't make any mistakes. She just
0: didn't have enough to do. Yeah. For who we know, for for when we go back and watch this in like twenty years. And we're like, oh, that's fucking Emma Stone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like multiple Academy Award, Award Academy Award winner and multiple Academy Award nominee Emma Stone has the least to do in this film. Julianne Moore. Um, what do we feel uh, about her character? Uh, I just have to go like, uh, you know, she's she's good. Like, she she also doesn't have a lot to do. Like I said, it's a very male centric film. Uh, mm-hmm. Focuses on the rundown dad the divorced dad but you know i feel like she's properly rated she gets she she maximizes what she has to do i feel like probably rated to a little to a little overrated
2: yeah i would yeah I because agree. she's a big she, name she really doesn't have a lot to do but i will give the writers respect because it would have been so easy to write her as like this malicious terrible woman that wants to end their marriage when really she's just like somebody that's just looking for a connection because she's lost it with her husband. Like, mm-hmm. it could have been so easy to make her a monster and they didn't do it, which, good job, guys, for doing what you could. But, yeah, she doesn't She doesn't have a whole lot to do. Um, she sort of exists for David Lidhagen, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, I think she uh, used the metaphor of pitching a perfect game, but Julianne Moore, in this, she's more like the pinch hitter who gets, like, yeah. A clutch stack fly. Like, it's not yeah. a crazy big hit, but, you know, a run scores. We needed it. Thank you. She's the Marwin yeah.
0: Gonzalez of this, of she this movie. She's the Marwin
1: Gonzalez. The Tony Kemp.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, Marwin <laughs> Gonzalez breaking up Yu Darvish's
1: perfect game. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yes, properly rated. Shout out, Julianne Moore. Yeah.
0: I think she's fine. I think she's great. She's especially great in the ending scene, which we'll get to in, uh hopefully, very soon. But the... um especially when she's just like oh my god when whenever they're all fighting she's she's actually very good in that in that final scene i think that's where she has the most to do and she pretty much blows it you know knocks it out of the park in that um okay so this is the most problematic part of our podcast (sighs) bring out my
1: girl good lord it's our dramatic music
0: good lord um robbie and jessica and that whole storyline um very problematic in retrospect in very illegal in in multiple ways like multiple felonies within within (laughs) this storyline that we just like glance over because (laughs) ha 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 youth but like even the
1: casual like high school character side character lady so many so many problems here what are we doing guys
0: oh my god okay so robbie and jessica What? okay what do we think of their characters robbie uh, he's funny with like in the context of the movie but he is super over both these characters i call super overrated like you need the storyline for the final sort of crescendo of this movie
2: but yeah holy god like it's just so bad it is crazy to me that they gave Robbie the closing speech of the film. Yeah. Well, actually, it ends up going to yeah. Steve Carell, but. Uh, it's. I don't know, man. Like, it is, like, I guess an important storyline because it continues to be the, you know, young love blossoms into something and whatever. But it is so problematic. And the more you think about it, the more you're like, I just. I don't need any of this. Like, we could take it out. It's okay. I'm still good without it.
1: I think Robbie is definitely overrated. Let's get that out of the way right now. But in defense of the story, I think it's important to show kind of the effects of the divorce on the kids, right? That's part of the crazy, stupid love, right? Um, you know, Robbie is acting out. And, uh, you know, he's in love with Jessica whatever. Uh, he loses his babysitter, kind of over like his parents' marriage. You know, it's a thing. It works for me. What I will say is the only part of the movie that I like tuned out entirely is his speech early on in the like at the graduation, like his speech, love is I'm, dead. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like yeah, like we just get to the next part. Like you know, uh, and it makes no sense to me that he's the valedictorian. That just feels very random. Like that there's never any indication that he's like smart or good at school at any point and suddenly he's the valedictorian i don't understand
2: also are there middle school valedictorians is there a middle school graduation typically no no there's uh, <laughs> a, it a very
0: a, let, let's get this out of the way This is a very white movie this is a very white school so this, this oh. seems like seems like something that yeah. uh seems like something that'd be like my kid got valedictorian of uh, the middle school, please <laughs> recognize him at a ceremony or I will not be a part of the PTA fundraising.
1: <laughs> also, the scarlet letters is a little dense for middle school. I feel like
0: the scarlet letters are a little dense. Yeah. I didn't read that shit until like 10th grade.
1: Yeah. That's, that's uh, a lot for eighth graders. Um, I mean, he's, he is
2: relatable. Like I I remember feeling those feelings i guess in middle school and finally discovering you know i mean it's all just hormones or whatever but like finally discovering crushes and whatnot yeah he's he's way overselling it um but one of the like underrated scenes is when after the fight scene um he's sitting in like the school's stairwell and he deletes jessica's number and i was like i feel that i did that shit when i was in uh, high school like oh this girl's not talking to me bam she's gone I feel like when this movie came out for like
0: us, and I know Jake, you're just a little bit older than Dex and I, but like when this came out for us, like you know, this was like going into high school, or we had been in high school for a minute. So it's just like it, just like yes. it makes like it, it hits on some levels. If you're watching this and you're and you you are like a 14 year old, you're like, oh, I feel that deep in my soul. Especially like a 2010s, like where they're playing like acus- uh, acoustic, yeah, acoustic can't say that word acoustic music acoustic
2: acoustic <laughs>
0: good lord when they're playing a guitar music uh, over like over this and they're playing like bonivare like over mm-hmm. over this uh soundtrack you know like back then you would have been like oh yeah i feel that shit
1: yeah <laughs> that hits
0: deep but like you know looking back on it now as a 25 year old i'm just like future stalker yeah oh, he, is, for sure. he is the future joe in you i had that exact thought the other day while watching <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh speaking of stalker i kind of want to go back a couple of scenes the steve carell there's the whole scene of him in the backyard and julianne Moore calls him oh, just to yeah. pretend that but um uh, pilot light is out on the water heater that's actually a very weird and creepy scene for him just to be like i'm watching you and i know you're lying but i'm in our backyard
1: yeah that plays very differently in 2020 <laughs>
2: yeah, oh okay. it plays very differently really,
0: in real life if this yeah. isn't a romantic comedy movie and we have that they like oh they still love each other if it, yeah. you can't like be arrested by the cops and be like we still love each
1: other i swear it's okay i own this house yeah that back that backyard mowing scene is where a 2020 movie goes from like rom-com to thriller and then there's murder at the end (laughs)
0: yeah this is written very differently uh in (laughs) in the year of our lord 2020 so uh, speaking of uh, i think it's jessica right jessica's storyline um yeah good lord uh, th- comment now. these two are I-, I wrote this down too i i wrote robbie is the horniest character of all time both these kids
2: horniest what? characters of all time is she attracted to steve carell
1: thank you yeah. someone tell me
2: the like I I mean, we're told that she babysits for a lot of people and maybe Steve Carell is kind of like funny in the house or like he's enjoyable to be around. But when we're first introduced to him, he's the most defeated man of all time. What is this 17 year old doing walking to a house? Like, oh, yeah, Steve Carell.
1: That's what I want. Of all the 40 year old dads that you could be attracted to. Why pre cool Steve Carell? He drives a Volvo.
2: I want that. Literally,
0: Ryan Gosling is walking around in this universe within re- within like distance.
2: Within a twenty mile radius, Ryan Gosling exists.
1: Or like the other children at your high school. <laughs> like...
2: Jesus Christ! Uh, like,
1: uh, it's such a
0: problematic storyline, especially like the whole especially like the whole thing where it's like, okay, one, it, it, she walks on in on him, just going to town.
2: Oh, Robbie.
0: Yeah, she walks on him going to town. She sees that very, very weird to start the movie, but we're Oof. this is this is how we establish that connection. Uh, he admits to just uh, going going to town to a photo of her that he if has. He
1: thought that would make the situation better. He thought that was the best thing to say. I
0: know what to say right now. Right I know what to say right now. <laughs> i mean again
2: he's like 11 so or 12 or something so i'm like okay i get it oh god why does he need a babysitter at 13 well he's got the little sister sure okay i I, I guess
1: the baby sister does not seem to be like a functioning like child who can watch herself
2: well speaking
0: of joey king is now like a big star (laughs) yeah is she really yeah she's like been uh, you know nominated for like a emmy and and like a, a golden globe and stuff recently for like a hulu show so she's a you know i think she's she's starting to blow up or it has been in like multiple properties that are supposed to have uh, made money Shout yeah,
1: out. She, uh
2: she played gypsy rose in the act which is the Munchhausens by proxy um uh, dramatization i think it was like hulu yeah
0: exactly and she got nominated for a golden globe her and patricia arquette weird show but the um weird story anyway sidebar but like this is like we start with we start with a just out of the out of the blocks with him him going to town and uh she walks in on that i love you like that's what she he gives him a patrick star i love you and uh, <laughs> and then we have later on down the line he keeps telling her that he loves her he has a show in front of the entire school to embarrass this poor girl
1: the school he does not go to
0: all right because he's in junior high yeah and, uh, <laughs> embarrasses this poor girl in front of her. A- she would never live that down by the way
1: some administrator just saw this random middle school kid building a platform for himself at the high school and was like yeah this is fine let's let it ride see <laughs> yeah, where this goes that was like a
2: couple of day project and like yeah no it's, he could do that's it, fine we have a young man doing
0: carpentry out in the uh foyer um do we do anything about this we don't get paid enough to do this i don't know
1: you can't touch it's, Cali-
2: it's california we're, we're not doing that it's california uh, we that... get
0: taxed 50 we get taxed 58 percent of our paycheck i'm not like no thanks
2: it's a public art piece because right after he does a play yeah
0: <laughs> No, like, and then and then it just, it basically ends, like, their whole storyline ends with her making nude photos for Steve Carell felony for uh, then giving them at 17 years old to a 13-year-old felony. Like. Everybody going to jail. Good. Lord <laughs> almighty, lady. Like, <laughs> calm down. And need I remind you, like, she's good in this role, but it's also, like. Can we not think of a less problematic storyline?
2: Why? Yeah. Why is that? the? So I have like two very important questions. One, the mom discovers the photos and tells the dad and then we get runs up. Gives the the dad the photo. Gives the dad the photos, which, yeah, like.
1: Just hands them to him. It doesn't (laughs) him what they are. See your new (laughs)
2: daughter. And then she hands them to Robbie. My question is: The parents just let her keep them. Oh, good point. <laughs> like. The yeah. parents,
1: How like, did she reacquire like, the photos? Yeah, the parents. <laughs> did
0: she make? Did she make, like Xerox several copies? Like, what's the?
1: Did she I don't... do it again specifically for Robbie? Because that would be worse. <laughs> That'd be worse. That would
0: be way worse. That would be
2: so. And the second thing is, I don't. Does she have a sibling? Why is she at the graduation?
0: Yes, I think that was sort of, like, maybe implied. No, yes, because he goes, I'm the same age as your brother.
2: Okay, so... Because the other thing is, she just shows up with him. So she knew that she's going to give the photos to Robbie, or she's just been carrying them around. And she was finally (laughs) like, you gave a good speech about love, and you admitted it for the last time. Have these nude photos of me that have been on me for a month.
1: I guess... What happens if Steve Carell doesn't, like, come and save the speech, right? Does she still (laughs) give him the photos, or does she abandon her plan? (laughs) Did she take the photos for the
2: express purpose of giving to Robbie? Was this preconceived felony or (laughs) pre-planned?
1: Everyone's going to jail. (laughs) Everyone
0: is going to jail in this show. Oh, my God. All right, we say all that. Both of those characters overrated. Most horniest characters of all time throw them in jail
1: um before we move on real quick i just want to say every time i watch this movie and i see them pull out like their ld rumor phones i'm like holy shit this is this
0: was made in 2011
1: <laughs> back in the day that was the jail
0: i think ryan gosling has the <laughs> smallest phone of all time when he's talking to steve carell in like the wine shop or whatever it's like the size <laughs> yeah. of his like two fingers and it's just like just like hello i don't know it, it, very. This is a very. I wrote down. This is a very 2010s movie. You can tell by the outfits and the and the and the uh, soundtrack. Um, we say all of that, all of the explicit storyline that it was very very weird in retrospect. To say the funniest scene of all time comes in the backyard scene.
2: What's a banana cinema? Or what's a nana?
0: What's a nana? I couldn't say. It. Him showing up. Ryan Gosling coming around the corner, and both of their faces. Great job of the editor and the and the director of capturing both of their faces of being like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" It it is, yeah. just pure it just pure comedy.
1: Julianne Moore being blindfolded and just <laughs> I want to see the guy. Let me see the guy. Is he cute? He Sounds so cute. Like just perfect, perfect delivery.
0: When she when he get when he goes when she when Emma Stone goes. Daddy, what are you doing? Don't call him that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So so good.
0: (laughs) I mean, just so many lines in this are are just incredible, and especially like Julianne Moore takes off the takes off the blindfold, and oh my god, he's so he's so cute, and she, she. yeah he he goes well
2: look at you like you're just like he, <laughs> he just... immediately has to turn on that pickup yeah. line again despite being in this very awkward situation like oh you guys are sisters
0: yeah exactly like it's just, oh my god it's just incredible he's like uh, especially like the eye rolling by gosling where he's so blown away by all of this it's just when you go back and watch it he is just like taken aback by all this the facial expression uh, expressions by gosling is uh it, uh, it's just it's just pure it's just the easiest form of comedy too just everyone is confused
1: and the lines are coming so quick and like they're all so good individually it just well that my moment, favorite movie scene of all time
0: yeah well the moment where they're just like he just like cal jacob eh, or you know and then they just go and then he just looks over and he sees his buddy like coming in and charging <laughs> him down
2: bernie yeah bernie <laughs> and just tackles him and then immediately ryan gosling tries to go and save him i wanted to say that gosling for all of
0: this for all the, like if you want to call him a sleazebag or whatever for picking up all these women he's a good friend
2: yeah the second lynn Hoggins shows up he's like all right my pinky ring go. is off we're going like despite basically being told you cannot date my daughter he's like i'm still gonna offend you we're still bros
1: yeah, it's David Linhagen. we fuck fucking up David Linhagen
2: <laughs> yeah. all night. On it is site. On
1: site. Yeah. <laughs> on site for
0: David Linnhagen. The, the, the moment when they go, Who are you? I'm David Linnhagen. Oh, David oh. Linnhagen. I mean just the, the taking off of the ring is a is a great choice by Gosling, where he's like
1: where he's just Bernie like, just dropping the windmill behind his head because David Lindhagen showed up. <laughs> yeah,
2: even Bernie being in on it like this motherfucker.
0: Good lord, and nobody knows that like like she's made new pictures and all this stuff like nobody knows what's going on it's i it it is the best scene in a romantic comedy in a long long time
1: you're in
2: love with him yeah back to problematic what is steve carell gonna do with that because that's we're we see police right after the fight like is nobody bringing up like hey by the way she took new photos and was giving to steve carell he should go to jail. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like like sh- they were they were text or whatever with each other and it's just like no I wasn't. Like how you explain it? Like
2: Steve Reynolds going off in handcuffs. Yeah, like uh Oh, uh, those are two terrible cops cuz I mean they're like, "Oh, we're just going to write this down as a public disturb or a private disturbance. going home." Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keep yeah. it in the family. That was a genuine laugh by Ryan Gosling though, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that's another classic gift from this movie.
0: <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> I, I i can't get over how good of a friend Ryan Gosling is because after like they have their old spat and I guess like Emma Stone moves in with Ryan Gosling and everything else. He's still like, you need to call your father. Play oh, Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And just like all this stuff like he's a really good friend in this movie.
1: I mean, yeah. Ryan Gosling really st- stands to lose nothing. Other than, oh, yeah, like, exactly. A little bit of embarrassment. Like, he still gets the girl, so it's all good. I am I,
2: treat that scene as, like, a little personal growth because I take it as, like, he plans to take this to the next level with Emma Stone and probably marry her, and he's like, I don't want to be the reason your family hates everybody now. And it wraps up with him just going, you know,
0: they, they end up getting together, and it's like, good I bought a, yeah, I bought a gun on a very shady website. Like, and I will use it if I have to. And then he slaps him. Like it's just this whole uh it's a great it's a great circle. So I wanted to present this question. Um ending oh, ending scene. properly rated, I guess, because it is just the the climax of the film, which is gift to eternity, but it is like it's what everybody remembers from the film. Maybe a little underrated
2: because I forgot kind of how funny and quick it is, I guess. Yeah, it's like old school slapstick comedy because we just keep introducing new characters. Like the whole cast shows up in this backyard and it just ramps up in such a funny way. I'm going to go with rated to slightly underrated.
1: I'm going to go with underrated just because, like I said, it's my favorite movie scene of all time. Like I watch it on its own all the time.
2: The ripping off of the windmill still has me in tears. Yeah, <laughs> when Julia—that's what I wrote. that Julianne Moore, she's like, she's
0: like going all out in the. When he rips off the windmill and she's, like, oh my god, it's it,
2: <laughs> laugh
0: out loud, hilarious. Also, best scene easily. Yeah,
2: what, who is Steve Carell in this world that he can build a windmill just casually? apparently
0: he's just like long <laughs> club of the month he's a very suburban white dad
1: carpentry runs in the family because robbie really? built his whole stage <laughs> oh. just, they know they, they
0: they know from birth of how to use a, a table saw <laughs> yeah yeah that's Incred- what they do okay so um i wanted to i i wanted to finish up with this question uh is this the best romantic comedy Of the 2010s, because I know Jake is going to have to go here um, pretty soon. But like, is this the best romantic comedy of the
1: 2010s? You already know my answer is yes. So, Jake, you have the floor.
2: I'm going to say tied for first or just like a nose hair in in the second. My number one is About Time with Donald Gleeson, Bill Nye, Amy McAdams. It's so good. It's so So heartwarming.
1: What?
0: It makes you feel things, man.
2: Yeah, like, it, it, I love a good time travel film, and the way that they do try, time travel in that film is so interesting and used in such a fun way. Um, like, the final scene where we know Bill Nye has died and he mm. has to go back and try to save him, like, that final father-son scene... Tears every time. Tears every time.
1: Is it really Bill Nye?
2: Yeah. Not yeah. Bill like, Nye the science guy.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm like Wait, have you never seen it? If I have, it's been a long time and it was only the one time.
0: Very good watch rewatchability for uh about time. Like these movies both have very good like I would say if yeah. you haven't watched if you've watched Crazy Stupid Love and you're looking for another romantic comedy that kind of got passed over because it didn't like make a lot of money. Uh, mm-hmm. About time is it's probably the second best romantic comedy for me yeah. of uh, the 2010s. Came out in 2010.
1: I'm gonna have to rewatch it because, like I said, if I think I've seen it, but if I have, it was just the one time, and it's been years.
2: There's uh, an entire like 10 minute sequence in that film that's shot completely in the dark. Like you're not seeing anything, you're just listening to it, and you're still enveloped. Like you're like, okay, this is cool. I like this. This is nice. You know,
0: another Notebook alum, Rachel McAdams, bringing in, Mm -hmm. uh, making bank with that movie. So there's, you know, there's a few films here that a lot of these that I've seen when, you know, you Google romantic comedies of the 2010s. Obviously, like The Big Sick comes up. That was incredible. Uh, Bridesmaids, which I wouldn't classify really as a romantic comedy. That's just like a comedy. Not at all. It's Um, a love story in the background, but no. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, Long Shot was actually a delight the bet ba- like it didn't get a lot of box office buzz but it was pretty good this past year train wreck True. take it'll take it or leave it um enough said which was uh james Gandolfini's last film with julia L- louis dreyfus very adult grown-up romantic sort of movie romantic <clears throat> comedy very very good and one that i i would say is really underrated that a lot of people didn't give a chance because it just seemed so stupid was warm bodies oh which was, yeah which was a, a a comedy uh romantic comedy about zombies
1: it did yeah. seem stupid but i didn't give it a chance very very
2: very very good yeah, i, I will. It, it is worth watching i agree i hate zombie films they are the horror film i refuse to watch i don't know why just it is the thing that scares me to my core but i <laughs> that's enjoy, another episode
0: all of in it itself
2: <laughs> i enjoy that film and like it actually it touches enough on the zombie trope that you're like uh okay it's here but the it's not background that... story is so good
0: yeah and um It it, it felt like a John, like if you're, uh, I know we're talking about crazy, stupid love, but warm bodies feels like a John Hughes film out of time Mm -hmm. a little bit just because of the music cues and everything else. I think if you're, if you're looking for that, go ahead and give that one uh, a watch. I don't know. A couple others here, the spectacular now more of actually just like a romance film coming of age film, which Mm -hmm. I really enjoy. Uh, And yeah, just all the stupid ones like Valentine's day and things like that. The Duff, very un- the Duff, very underrated. Very stupid, but very underrated. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of my rankings. I would probably go like Crazy Stupid Love 1, About Time 2. Um, yeah. Anything else that we have uh, on the docket for this uh, rewatch? I, spoiler alert, if you're getting to this point in the podcast, we all loved it. We actually didn't break down this film as bad as I thought we would.
2: No, we broke down the obvious things that need to be broken down. Mm-hmm. It's the a classic. One- the one question I wanted to pose for the group is does Steve Carell and what's um, her face get back together? Julianne Moore. Um, thank you. I thought of Jason. Do they get back together? My answer is no. I don't. I, I think they enjoy like six months to a year of kind of happiness and rekindling the flame. But I think it falls apart again.
1: I believe in love. and <laughs> they, they stay together forever. They're in it for the long haul no going back
0: i i say they get back together like a blink 182 song they get together for the kids and uh they stay throughout uh their daughter's high school into college and then they definitely maybe wait a little bit separate bedrooms separate down the line or if they get back together it's just like all right well we've been doing this for a while now like old couple you know when you see an old couple that just dev you know definitely like are just there because they love you know not because they love each other just because they're familiar with the other person for a long yeah. time see, i think
1: there. i think part of what happened is that steve carell settled into like this very boring life but he's got ryan gosling around forever now, now he's, he's not gonna moves. be that boring
2: That's true. I just... Like, the only thing that makes me, like, pause is, like, I think Julianne Moore is going to have such a hard time getting over how many people Steve Carell is implied to have slept with, whereas she just had David Lindhagen. That's true. Like, I think that's just going to be a hard discussion for him to be like, yeah, I slept with 30 women. Apparently Steve Carell was slanging it. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know what the time frame of this movie is. It could be a year. It could be... Well, no, we are, because we're told through Robbie's school year, so... Through a handful of months, he just went through so many women.
1: Yeah. Dex, <laughs> next, next, uh, you just
0: believe in love.
1: I believe in love. love. I they, believe in love, too. They came back to each other, and, you know, they had their, their times to varying degrees, but, you know, now they're done.
0: All right. So that has been Crazy Stupid Love. A couple other things that I wrote down about this movie. Uh, music choices were very 2010s, angst, rom com. Uh, Mm -hmm. acoustic guitar I can actually say the word now um (laughs) good lord Uh, acoustic guitar and you know I don't think he was in this soundtrack but like Bon is just like the first thing that I came to mind you know and just like him in the rain and stuff like that it's just very like 2010s uh parenthood romantic comedy things like that um I I didn't want to say this just because emma stone is so attractive but ryan gosling is better looking than emma stone in this movie and that is very hard to do
2: yeah their chemistry that's so weird isn't I, that strong i don't see like there are women that ryan gosling talks to that are more attractive than emma stone so i mean i don't know what's keeping them together
1: I, it's implied that like they have a very deep conversation when she does go home with him and like he falls yeah. asleep talking to her and all that. So, I mean, I assume there was some real, like, heavy shit talked about yeah. in those several hours.
0: Talk about and his they mother. Fell in love
1: or whatever. But, uh, I mean, it worked good enough for me. Like I said, I don't even know. He did the move. He did the move. Oh, oh, yeah. That's
0: right. I worked dirty dancing into the conversation.
1: <laughs> Just when I first watched that movie and like you know you're also wondering what the hell the move is like it's got to be great you know he's fucking yeah. all women like something's got to be mm-hmm. just insane the move and then he says it's dirty dancing i can do the move i was like Lovely. the m- dirty dancing what what the fuck <laughs> like why
0: i will say if you could if you, okay one you have to look like ryan gosling and be in that amount of shape but if you could work in the dirty dancing lift game over. i feel like that's game over Maybe I, maybe I don't know women, but I feel like that'd be game over if you could pull that off without dropping a woman on her face.
1: I would definitely do it if I could. I just, like, totally, when I, would, I watched it, I did not see that being what
2: I, the move was. I think the move falls apart because, like, in Dirty Dancing, Jennifer Grey is doing so much work. Like, that's all core work to arch your back and be right. held like that. Yeah. I think Ryan Gosling has dropped many a woman doing the move. It's a 50-50 shot.
0: It's a 50-50 shot. You get a you get a woman with enough core strength.
2: Yeah, like, I'm sure it's worked a couple times, but I think there's, like, a handful that he has dropped on their face. You know it's funny? I mean,
1: she doesn't really, like, arch her back and stuff like that, does she? She just gets lifted up, right?
0: Well, it's funny about that scene. Like, literally, what's funny about that scene is they had to use a body double for that because Emma Stone wouldn't do it
1: wait really yeah
0: yeah there's a graham norton interview online if you just go on youtube and 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 find it uh the you can do a little searching for it. it it she she got scared the first time that they tried to do it so when they cut away you see them go outside the house they're using like a body double for her because she got so scared when he lifted her up in the air actually that they had to use a body double there's a whole backstory about it online. It's kind of just a little behind the scenes. Uh, Graham Norton, if you haven't Googled that or YouTube Graham Norton, incredible celebrity interviews, by the way. I, you can get in a YouTube hole with that. A um, couple of film nerd things that I put on here. Very 2010s movie. I've said that a lot, but uh, very colorful movie. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Like like the stuff at the bar and stuff, like all the drinks and all their outfits and everything else. Just delight to look at actually
1: yeah true
0: so i don't know i don't know uh, jake you notice anything in the in the like the filming or the writing or anything like that that you that stood stood out kind of paint by numbers but other than that it it was very pleasing to look at
2: yeah the cinematography isn't anything to write home about like i don't think i don't even know who the cinematographer was um but i agree the color palette was fantastic especially in the bar scenes like The way the bar is lit is so cool. The Mm -hmm. use of a lot of negative space is is really cool. That and they sit up at the bar a lot, so there's a lot of reflections off of the bottle, so you get like these little glints of browns and greens and blues that are incredible. But yeah, um, Gosling's Old Fashioned is like a nice orange, and it looks so cool. So I really like everything that happens in and around that bar. I want to go to that bar. I don't even know if it's a real bar, if they just staged one, but... (laughs) yeah otherwise the cinematography is kind of agree very paint by numbers very just standard rom-com stuff yeah you realize this is a very
0: 2010s movie i think that bar is off of a mall so like everything oh. in this like takes within like a five takes place within like a five square feet or within like a five square miles of a uh, of a mall mm-hmm. that's not happening today
1: yeah definitely not
0: yeah so that's very 2010s uh yeah i don't really have anything else other than do we feel like this is steve carell's best
1: movie i'll go ahead and say i haven't seen too too many steve carell movies um but of the ones i've seen this is the best one i know like fox catcher is supposed to be a really great performance from him and i haven't oh, seen yeah. that yeah but uh yeah, of oh, the ones that I've seen, this is his best one.
2: Uh, man, I forgot about Foxcatcher. He is incredible in that. Um, I will actually, I'll, I'll say that might be his best because that is Steve Carell being somebody else to the point where he's not even Steve Carell anymore. Mm. Uh, but just to play game, the one that's sticking in my head that I'm like, this was really good is Dan in Real Life.
0: Very underrated movie from yeah. a little bit before before this. A weird uh weird cameo from uh not cameo, but uh part by Dane Cook of all people is in that movie as his brother. Yeah. Uh anyway. Glass
1: from the past, Dane Cook. Yeah, that's
0: a very tw- two thousand eight statement when that movie came out. Dane Cook yeah. was in that movie. Um I would say that forty year the forty year old virgin's probably his best overall film just cause Ooh. even even though it's (laughs) some of the jokes are still problematic now it still withstands the test of time as far as like setting off that whole era of uh comedy for steve carell one of ryan gosling's actually better movies not his better roles but just better movies overall actually because as we've seen his movies aren't always for everyone Mm. um yeah that's all i got anything else i want to add
1: Take us home.
0: Take us home. All right. You can follow us at one, the number one take pod on Twitter. You can email us at one take podcast show at gmail.com. Email us any listener questions or questions in general that you have about our lives or daily lives. You can follow uh, just all of our Twitters. That, that will be in the link for the description. Rate us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, follow on Spotify, give us a five-star review and leave us a roast or just completely obliterate us in the comments of Apple iTunes because that really 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 does help. So if you are downloading from Simplecast or Apple, uh please, please, please just swipe right for that five-star review. And match with us, please and thank you. That would be great. Download, subscribe, unsubscribe, read, subscribe. Um, yeah, this episode is actually going to be going record as our shortest episode. Congratulations, boys. We did it.
2: Hit them with the hashtag tag.
1: Hashtag support Florence Pugh. We're coming for that <laughs> off next year, baby.
0: Oscars 2021 for your girl. Support Florence Pugh. We out.
2: Hi, Mom. Back.